Hello and welcome to podcast number 17. We're back. Welcome to Alan Marshall. Hello. Welcome to Andy Sharples. Good evening. Me, Dave Peacock. After an absence of 18 months, some people said that we'd never be back. Some people said we should never be back. But we are back. We're giving it another go uh, due to, I was going to say popular demand, but due to the fact we fancy doing something different on a Friday night for a change. And we're going to kick off with uh, club news. Okay, if anybody's got any club news they want to let us know about, stick it on the discussion board or whatever. Come up, sidle up to us in the bar and tell us something that you want on the next podcast. We'll do that. We're going to kick off with the uh, Road Championships. Alan, over to you. The Road Championships 2013. Uh, we're three races in already. I think there's about 16 or 17 races in the series. We've done three races, as I said. They've all been 10k races. And excitingly, uh, the lead in the um, Ladies' Championships, I'm going to talk about the Ladies first, the lead in the Ladies' Championships has changed hands three times <clears throat> after the first race which was the Chernobyl no the Resolution 10k at Carlisle on 20th of January uh, Karen Bridge was in the lead Heather was second Nicola was third Samantha fourth Angela fifth and Audrey sixth the second race in the series the Chernobyl 10k saw the lead being wrested from uh, Karen by Angela Watson who mm-hmm. leapt up into first place Pure, not purely by dint of, because she got a PB in that race. Now, this brings into focus the importance and the significance of PB points, especially in the 10k races, but across all the lengths of races, obviously. Nicola in second and Karen in third, Heather all the way down to fourth, and joining the throng in uh, sixth place, Vicky Higgins. Then we had the um, most recent one, the Winter Warmer 10k down at Blackburn, a very testing course. Um, after which Nicola is in the lead uh, with 52 points Karen is uh, sorry Angela's down to second with 46 points and Karen's in third with 38 and the then follows in close order Heather and Samantha and Audrey and Vicky and Tanya and Julia so that's uh, already developing into a very interesting contest the men's uh, championship after the first race, the Resolution 10K, Johnny French was in the lead, Jim second, Richard Damon third, then Andy Thompson, then a whole array of uh, other... That's uh, lights. <laughs> I was going to say also runs, but that's a bit too literal. Uh, second race was, as previously mentioned, the Chernobyl 10K. Now Dave PB'd in this race, so leapt up from 11th place into first <laughs> oh, after that race. Uh, God and, loves a trier. And, and uh, the sec- the, in the second place was myself. And in third place, we've got Sean Graham. But after the third race at the Winter Warmer 10k, don't like the sound of that. Despite pressure from me, <laughs> Dave still retains the lead <laughs> oh, 60 points. Now we know why we started the podcasts again. And, <laughs> and, and there's me in second with 48 and. Coming up on the rails is Wade, who PB'd incredibly at the Winter Warmer in the third place. So it's all still to play for. There's lots and lots of people. I think there's 13 
competitors already in the uh, men's championship and there are nine already have taken part in the ladies championships uh, the next championship race is the Dentdale 14k on Saturday the 9th of March uh, very scenic and uh, not the flattest uh, road race you'll ever do but always very popular so get yourselves in for that you want some points there you are should explain at this point we've ch changed the um, how we award points in the road championships whereas previously if for example there were five uh, ladies in a race your ranking points went first place lady would get five points all the way down to the last place lady one point we've changed that so that um, the last place lady will now get 10 points and the winner would therefore get is it 14 or 15 <laughs> I can't work that out but it means a lot more points at stake and it means if you travel to a race and you're, or there's only one or two competitors you're not just going for one point plus five appearance points you've got uh, more incentive to travel when you can't afford not to turn up no. yeah exactly Dave you can't afford not to turn up. and not only do that change apply to the ladies it also applies to the men as well <laughs> so the, the points overall points totals will be higher because of that this year so get out there and get your racing shoes on no excuses no no excuses at all I've got a slight hamstring pull that prevents me from doing a lot of these but uh, if there weren't such early starts and my hamstring loosened up I would be there I think that Andy your uh, excuse has worn a bit thin I mean it's been it's, it's my been hamstring exposed. worn a bit thin well your excuse has been exposed <coughs> by the level of excuse you're going to have to match is that of Pigeon Pete a few weeks ago on the yeah. message board who yeah. couldn't attend a 10k race because he was moving a shed yeah, funny enough, he's asked me to help him next time. I'm, not <laughs> to move. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. So there's, uh, there's, there's, as I say, numerable, numerable, numerous races coming up over the next few months. Uh, details are, are going to be on the message on the uh, website. They're already on the message board. So if anybody needs any details on those, <clears> if they're not, if they can't find them on the message board, just give us a shout. We'll tell you where we are. Okay. Have we got anything on the fell side? <coughs> I haven't. <coughs> Sorry. Well, there mightn't be any information anyway. On the fell side, I think there'll only be in a couple of races. Oh, right. and, and <coughs> Still awaiting stuff. feedback. The sec, uh, the Duff and Pike. Is, is this is what about tomorrow? the assistant fell secretary? Is she, is she uh, she's she's not here. She's not at any. John Toombs is the. Uh, Scores compiler, oh, right. and he did put something on the discussion board not too long ago to say that after one race he was top of the uh, pile, That's right. higher up than such luminaries as Kim Collinson and, uh, <coughs> and Tom Moore. Tom Kim Moore, he's won again. Collinson, other other top top athletes. John Toombs has exceeded them all after race one. Okay, well, I think that that's good enough for fell race update, fell yep. championships update. Well done, Andy. Uh, moving on to the, um, is it worth getting any feedback on any of the races on the course? Because the Resolution 10K was the first time we've done it, yeah, hasn't it? Yeah, it was. I, I think it was the first time the, ra the race had been run, although it's the same course as the Carlisle Tri 10K, which is running in the summer. It's oh. a Wednesday night in the summer. Um, same course. Uh, first time, personally, I'd done that uh, course, and it was very good. I, I thought Good facilities, because you're inside the race course. So, shelter from the freezing cold wind that there was that day. Adequate car parking. Mm -hmm. It was uh, all pluses, really. Yeah. But they don't allow people to wear iPods. They do not. They're very stringent upon that. So 
Other MP3 devices. Other MP3 devices are available. Mm. It's interesting when horses have been in the news so much recently, that, that's an interesting race from a horse race course. <laughs> I did notice Findus Lasagna van was parking. We'll have to cut that all out the finishes. <laughs> no, I thought it was a very good course, uh, quite a quick course, really, but it was very cold conditions. Oh, but not too windy. Not too windy, no. Uh, but yes, I thought it was a good course, high quality field. Um, so yes, worth doing for next year. It's a local race, of course. 100, 150 finishes in that uh, race. Yeah. Um, the Chernobyl 10K, as it was last year, back to the old route, um, the traditional Chernobyl 10K route. And that, again, testing conditions, I thought, for that, because... Uh, Very windy. It was windy. And it was windy in your face on the way back. So yeah. a few people had times which are slightly less than they might have hoped. Certainly after the resolution, the ten, the week before that, which was a quicker, quicker course and better, calmer conditions. Uh, yeah. And of course, the Blackburn winter warmer, which of course had once you got to the, there's actually a mile and a quarter uphill, just after about the first four four hundred meters. Oh, yeah. It's a mile and a quarter cause, uh, <coughs> up a hill. Yeah. And then on the top, it was snowing really, wasn't it? It was a wet snow. Well, yeah. it wasn't settling, but it was falling at that time. Well, by the time you got the top, you didn't care. You were just so pleased to be oh, up there. Could have been, yeah. could have been well, an earthquake. You would have accepted it. Yeah, so a bit a good effort from everybody who did that because it's a very testing course. That uh, very good effort by Wade. Then, if he's beaten what he did at the resolution ten k, he, he, he was uh, he was he was nineteen seconds quicker at the Winter War. Mm -hmm. What sort of a time did he do that Four, in? Forty nine fifty seven. Right, excellent. Well done, so Wade. He, he, he did well. <coughs> so he picked up an extra 15 points there. So he, he picked up 32 points for that race, which is uh, well ahead of everybody else. Okay, right, we'll move on to the uh, Horsewater Half, which is uh, looming. Uh, <coughs> in fact, it's, uh, hold on a second, is it next Sunday? It's next Sunday. No, we're recording this on Friday the 22nd of February for those people who are interested in that sort of thing. And the Horsewater Half is uh, on Sunday the 3rd of March. Uh, all the planning has gone into it. Everything's gone well without a hitch. The course has been re-measured and it's still bang on 13 and a bit miles. Half marathon course. <coughs> Probably edit that cough out, can I? I'll, I'll do my best. Uh, I can tell it's can see it's a big blue thing on the screen. Entries are down this year, uh, on previous years. We think it could be partly to do with the recession, and partly to do with what I think is a very ill-judged, poor decision by somebody to organise a cycling sportive in Eden on the same day. Yeah. And traditionally, the first uh, Sunday in March has been Horsewood Half Marathon Day. Uh, since the race was first run and I do think they could have perhaps looked at the sporting calendar for Cumbria and picked a different day for the cycling sportive. Good luck to any Eden runners who are riding in it. Uh, not much else to report on Horsewater Half Marathon. <laughs> We've got some nice mugs and this year we are, uh, without being complete 100% agreement by all the members of the uh, organising committee, 
providing each of the finishers with a slice of flapjack, <laughs> which will be individually wrapped by and handed out individually wrapped by uh, swarthy native girls from Bampton Village. <laughs> what about the? Uh, is there road closure? No, the road. We never close the road. No, is the road closure down by the Horsewater? Uh, United Utilities do uh, something? The United Utilities are doing work on the road, but we are told that those works will be completed before race day. So those of you who are worried about that, do not worry anymore. Don't worry. Turn up, do your race. Get your mug and your piece of celebratory flapjack. <laughs> and do you want to mention about the, the incentive for people who are um, helping on <coughs> the day? Yes, I could mention about the incentive for people who are helping, Dave, yeah. Uh, all Eden runners are asked to help out on the day with organisation, marshalling, car parking, <coughs> tidying up after the event, perhaps one of the more important jobs to do. We don't prevent anybody running in this race, as I say, every year, as long as we get enough volunteers to organise the event. If we ever struggle for volunteers then I'll be quite happy to ban Eden Runners from entering this race. Perhaps controversial. Uh, but I've never had to take that uh, very serious step uh, because we always get plenty of volunteers. The upside to that is if you do volunteer to help and I actually see you helping, uh, then you can turn up to the rugby club for about, I think, between half seven and eight o'clock on the Sunday evening after the race and... The club are providing, free of charge to all volunteers, a slap-up meal, which will either be a curry or uh, a chilli with, I think, possibly rice and or chips. And there will be something for the vegetarians. Nothing <laughs> special, but there will be something <laughs> for the vegetarians. And I think that, fairly after several prompts off uh, my esteemed colleagues... I think that pretty much takes care of Horsewater, so we'll see you on the day and enjoy it if you're running. Okay, and if we make it a podcast uh, 18, we can talk about how it went. Yeah. Pass with some yeah. guests. Yeah, yeah. I, I know we always like to hear about Kevin and his, his experiences with the uh, Portaloos. Yes, it's a Port-a-loo report. subject, yeah. You know, uh, yeah. I know it's, I'm looking forward to that, if nobody else. I think, I think we call that segment Lurking by the Lavatories. <laughs> <laughs> Always, Kevin would say Tuesday night. <laughs> uh, right, moving on to other news. Uh, just want to mention uh, park runs. Oh yes, these are the five k park runs run throughout the uh, UK. We have them at a place called Chances Park in Carlisle. Which, strangely enough, I haven't met anybody in Carlisle actually heard of that park. So unless it's got a different name. But it's on the Wigton Road, going out of Carlisle. Run every Saturday. Apparently, if you do all 50, you get a T-shirt. Well, Most of us will not have managed that. If you do 50, you can do them anywhere around the country. Ah, right. And you can get, you can, yeah, you get some kind of recognition in the form of an item of clothing. And then if you do 100, I think you're given a knighthood. <laughs> Something like that. So the, the, I think they all kick off at 9 o'clock on a Saturday morning. Now, free to enter. You do need to go on the website and register. You get a little barcode, which you bring along. Great training. 5K is one of the best training runs you can do. Uh, well, flat out anyway. Uh, we're also going to look to include some of these in the uh, Road Race Championships. But we're heading off tomorrow. It'll be too late. We'll have done it by the time this podcast 
reaches your ears. So that's that. So we could look at that. We could also look to do five park runs around the country, Alan. And we could set off to Penzance yeah, and things like yeah. that. Yeah, good idea. The other thing I want to mention is the quiz for Parkinson's <coughs> and Fix the Fells. This is now turning into an annual event. We've held two before. It's on March the uh, March the twenty third. Uh, the Penrith Rugby Club. We always get a packed out sellout tour for this quiz, organised by Tony Lowry and myself. Tony's the question master as ever. Good time to be had by all, pie and peas and a vegetarian option will be available for the cost of £6. We always have the best raffle prizes I've ever seen in a quiz, being provided by all the generous people in Eden Runners who don't like to talk too much about that charity work. You're the exception. <laughs> so please support it. See Tony for tickets or myself or anybody who looks as if they've got a halo around their head. will probably be selling tickets for this quiz. Have we got any other club news you want to mention? Oh, I've got one other thing. Following on from my role now as the club's most successful male athlete, yes, I just say like to congratulate myself and to a lesser degree, Martin Hepworth, on our Parloff victory on Wednesday night. Yes. Organised by Alan Marshall and Andy Sharples. Well done to them. Uh, have you got some results there, Alan? Yeah. All right, okay. That's Can I just quickly ask a question yeah. about the quiz night? I won't be there, but you mentioned a vegetarian option. There's a meal of pie and peas. Is the vegetarian option going to be peas? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be the pie without the mint. So <laughs> crust. I can't remember what I had last year, to be honest. Can you remember, Alan? I know. It was yeah. very nice. I do. Right, it's, yeah. only, it's only vegetarians. I wouldn't worry too much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Aye. Uh, Parloff, yeah, on uh, Wednesday night gun. Uh, it was uh, interesting. Uh, the first time we've ever had the uh, slower half of the field set off up the hill on mass, as far as I'm aware, anyway. Which meant that the faster half of the field went off on the flat route, which was an education to a lot of us. Judging by the people running in front of me, didn't seem to have a clue where they were going. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, uh, the results uh, were in first place. No, I'll re- in top five in reverse order. Top five: me and Julia, forty-one, fifty-one. Fourth place: Richard. Fourth that? No, <laughs> forty-one and fifty-one. That's quite right. <laughs> I would take that. Uh, fourth place. Uh, the triumvirate of John Fletcher and Richard Damon and Karen Davidson. Third place, Bernie Gilmartin and Karen Taylor. Karen making a, a, a welcome return to running at the club. I haven't seen her for a few weeks with her running shoes on. Um, second place, Ruth Hetherington and Larry Horn in 40 minutes 46. And in first place, the redoubtable Dave Peacock with his, um, his running chum. Martin Hepworth in a time of 40 39. only seven seconds in that, so very closely fourth. Actually, um, first place had 40 39, second place 40 46, third place 40 55, and fourth place 40 56. So between those four first teams, nothing in it. Not really. much to choose between them. It was a hectic finish. Yes. It, there was a rumour that, uh, that at the change round point, while the other teams exchanged glow sticks, that the winning combination actually exchanged a counterfeit Brazilian coin. <laughs> <laughs> that, that uh, a bit of an in-joke there. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the club and no, 
Martin's got history in that department. I would just like to add, we would have won by more, but we did have a conversation at the, the turnaround about Martin's uh, propensity for passing off Brazilian coinage <laughs> while in uh, UK currency yeah. in the Club I, I thought it was traditional to do more than just pass the uh, the glow stick across, so Julian and I had a quick um, barn dance <laughs> with a few dozy doors. I thought that was what you had Costly to do. as it turned out. Well, it, yeah. Yeah, it didn't, yeah. Costly as it turned Enjoyable, though. <laughs> right, okay, well, very successful. As I say, I, I enjoyed it for some strange reason. Um, anything else on the club news front? Oh, not, not strictly club news, but there is a new 10k race this summer mm. in Lazenby on the 12th of May. That when we are uh, here? That's the day we go <laughs> for our warm weather training. <laughs> Not just mucking about, mucking beer in the sun, <laughs> warm weather training week. Uh, and it's run from, uh, I think it's probably starting from the Auction Mart in Lazenby, but there will be signs up there. It's a local race, it's basically for charity. The idea is that you uh, get sponsorship, and if I think the plan is if you can get more than £20 in sponsorship and pay that on the day, uh, you enter the race for free. It's mm, a good idea. So there's a nice little incentive mm. there. And I think I think the race is for uh, to support Lazenby Play Group and possibly the air ambulance, something like that. I'm not exactly sure, but there will be details round and about. Mm. <coughs> Very good. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Tell you what, I'll just. Oh, Johnny French's wife's had a baby, so congratulations to them. Yeah. And Tanya is giving generous discounts to Eden Runners for items taken to her. Uh, is it Coach House uh, Laundrette? Had two yeah. zips repaired on two separate jackets. One where the dog had ripped the zip off the jacket. Yeah, it's good stuff. This. <laughs> the other one was just overuse injury on me uh, ski jacket. Um, did give me, excuse me, a generous discount fourteen pound for two zip repairs. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, Top I'm quality not, work as well. I'm not familiar with the costings for sort of zip based repairs, but it sounds fairly reasonable to me that. Well, I'm just saying, if anybody's got a zip out there, work on a base of about seven quid. Yeah. That's not bad, is it? I hope, Tanya, if you're listening, I hope this is reasonable. I hope you haven't given Dave more of a discount than you normally give everybody else. Yeah. And so, therefore, yeah, putting his Actually, position. we haven't talked about the mystery of Tanya's um, car breakdown on the way to the Blackburn winter warmer. Well, that was a bit of a mystery, wasn't it? I haven't seen her for, well, she wasn't there on Wednesday night, so uh, I don't know if there's an update on that. Yeah, heading down the motorway, <clears throat> not far, well, very close to, is it Killingworth? Killington Lakes. Killington Lakes. And uh, allegedly there was a clicking noise, and then the engine petered out. Mm. Fortunately, we managed to make it to the lay-by going down towards the service station. We all got out. Nicola made sure with her highways training that she was safely behind a barrier. <laughs> well, yes, well, well, we risked life and limb trying to repair, get the car started. Strangely enough, after after a few minutes of of chat and what shall we do next and mm-hmm. perhaps we should just walk, walk down to the uh, service station she tried to, switching it on and it came on and it was fine mm-hmm. never a problem it was a mystery yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. spooky mm. perhaps there's a dead spot somewhere down the M6 and we just cut the electrics mm. on completely mm. one final bit of news uh, one of Alan's favourite uh, comedy turns John Shuttleworth is doing the tour uh, 
including a new song he's, uh, he's apparently uh, pushing, Smells Like White Spirit. <laughs> and a very amusing story about him and his wife trying their best to befriend the couple who they bought a toaster off on eBay. <laughs> right. If you haven't switched off, uh, it does get better. Okay, well, we're going to move on now to our discussion topic of the uh, week, uh, which is what do club members want out of Eden Runners? We're all different. We all have different needs. But Andy Sharples has got some firm ideas on what people want, and he's going to talk about it. It's perhaps a slight exaggeration to say I've got some firm ideas what people want. Uh, but I've just been thinking about, we have in the past had several fairly successful uh, club holidays. One to Slovakia, uh, which was probably the most uh, successful stroke, unusual stroke, downright drawl weeks in my life. Uh, and we've also had a few days in a bunkhouse on uh, on Arran. Um and so I'm just kind of wondering what the sort of interest will be to do something similar. Of course, we did have the coast to coast as well, which was we've a had, mini holiday. Yeah, we've had a, uh, a coast to coast mini holiday, uh, and there was a, a very short, sharp, uh, <laughs> shorter and sharp for some than others, mini holiday riding the route of Hadrian's Wall, <laughs> uh, which started in Ravenglass and for. Uh, 25% of the group ended very shortly after Ravenglass <laughs> with a broken collarbone in Workington uh, in Workington Infirmary um, but uh, just wondered what uh, other people in the club thought about us perhaps doing something in the summer and what ideas people might have mm. we talked about going to do a marathon stroke half marathon in foreign countries Munich was one that was mentioned, but we never, for all sorts of reasons, probably got that off the ground. Um, I, I'm fairly busy with holidays this summer, <laughs> but uh, I could squeeze in another one. I think what Andy's saying is we need some ideas. Yeah. And somebody who's willing to come to the fore and do some research and be a leading light. On that subject... Uh, Going back slightly as well to Horse or to Half Marathon, you don't have to have been in the club for 10 years before you uh, get involved in organising things. We've got Holly and uh, Anna who were on the uh, Horse Water Organising Committee. and well, They have been uh, club members since 1999. Yeah, <laughs> but the younger end of the older established yes, no, that's members. True. Yes, that's true. Uh, and Holly's been organising <laughs> the Cross Country, which is a yes. thankless task. Um, Nobody so, stand there. so you don't need to be over 27 to be organising <laughs> things for our club anymore. 27? Yeah. Random, random age. Random age. Yeah. I think go, you know, going back to the, 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 the topic, what do club members want? How, how many, it always strikes me is we've got around about 100 senior club members. About 120. 120. Yeah. Which is the most we've ever had, without a doubt. And although obviously it's not the same people turn up every Wednesday, if you say during the winter, we probably average about 30 to 40 people. Active. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but, well, 30 to 40 people probably turn up on a Wednesday night. Uh, obviously people don't turn up every week. So you could probably sort of say there's probably about 70 people 
60 to 70 people will turn up on a Wednesday night on a fairly frequent basis. It still leaves, uh, you know, nearly Quite half the membership we never see on a Wednesday night. I'm sure for good reasons. Mm-hmm. But do people just come to the club because of Wednesday night? Obviously, a lot of people don't even come on the Wednesday nights. Mm. What do they want? Is it the training sessions that makes them come along? Why do the people who don't come not come? Mm. Some people obviously can't for whatever reason, commitments, work, family. Mm. Can't come on a Wednesday. <sighs> We've all been there at some point. Um, I've always made it on a Wednesday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I don't think I've ever let work interfere with. Maybe I'm in a minority there. But some have family commitments as well. Yeah, um, that's true. Especially yeah. if you've got small children, it's difficult yeah. to juggle. Um, uh, in my in my opinion, it's difficult to juggle anyway. When you've got small children. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's a whole different discussion topic, though. How difficult is it to juggle? Do you use raw eggs, tennis balls, yeah. cans of beans? There you go. Um, so yeah and, and perhaps there are people who just like to be members of the club because they occasionally go do a race and there are people who do that and can there's, nothing wrong with that. there's nothing wrong with that represent the club and there are people who, who represent the club uh, who, who live abroad as well who obviously can't come on a Wednesday difficult for them yeah. how many people live abroad like well, obviously, there's a lot, billions of people live abroad, but I mean, <laughs> who also the last learn. count we had three people I know of who were out of the country, still members. That including people who live like in Gretna. <laughs> no, I said country, not county. <laughs> <laughs> if you wanted to include people out of the county, then you must be up to four or five. Right, yeah. So I suppose really what we're trying to do is get a debate going in the club as to, you know, what do you want? Let's let's get yeah, a few new the, ideas into the system. Providing what you want, whether it's on a Wednesday or whenever. Because, yeah. uh, as I'm sure Dave would be the first to say, it's your club. It's your club. Yeah. Uh, there, is, there is going to be uh, an open committee meeting in the very near future, once we get Horswater out of the way. That'll be on one Wednesday night after Wednesday training. Uh, where uh, one of the topics on the agenda will be what do you want from your club oh right mm. there you are there you are so it's had an immediate effect on this discussion <laughs> topic it's already got it on the agenda of the committee meeting so well done well I must admit I, you know I think that the training sessions we've got at this club are probably as good as you'll get anywhere in terms of variety um, and the competitiveness of uh, the people who take part um, far better than you probably I would imagine you'll get anywhere else in Cumbria so from that point of view you know I don't think we're second anybody on that one no. I think friendliness yeah it's okay I mean um, <laughs> no, you know it, it's friendly. We're not bad I'm sure friendly, there's friendly so. clubs all over the shop you know yeah. we, we you know you get your chips and your sandwiches for yeah. a quid what more can you yeah. get you maximum know, of a pound maximum pound you get warm showers generally yeah. Uh, Good company. Yes, yeah. there's plenty of things go activities going for the club. Um, I think it needs more people. Perhaps more people need just to come along to the bar afterwards, mm. socialise a bit more. It's dropped off a bit recently for whatever reason. I don't know why. And I just think you know you get out of a club what you put into it. Yep. And you know we've got to get the balance right between the people who are the the stalwarts of the club. Mm. Don't really have much else to do in life. Um, and the people who you know living abroad mm-hmm. and you know we need more people who are perhaps over the mid the mid the mid line heading towards the stalwart 
section than the people who are living abroad. Although I'd quite happy to live abroad. Yeah, I'd quite happy to live abroad. Perhaps we could have an offshoot. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, there's a somebody let slip. Who we may name this? That there's a there's a fell side ladies running club. Yes. It lays in me. No, at Kirk Oswald, I think it is. Was it Kirk Oswald? Right. I think okay. so. Yeah. And um, I would like to know why the men of that area have not enticed these ladies to Eden Runners. I've, I've, I only found out about this running club. It only started as a result of the Lazenby 10k uh, new race. And this group has been run by somebody called Joe Falconer. Perhaps slight hints in that name there of somebody from the club's but past. It's female. But it's a female. Yes. George O. Falcon. <laughs> uh, so I did think about getting dressed up and going along to one of their sessions to see what went on. But, I thought but since it wasn't a Friday night, you thought. Me being, <laughs> me being a blokey sort of a bloke, <laughs> I don't think. I don't think I will get away with trying to crack on shaving my legs and that will be enough to get away with pretending to be a girl because I think it is just for girls. Mm. Well, perhaps we should have a recruitment drive. Well, of course, we're not there, are we? For the mm. 10k race, we could have a recruitment no. drive for Eden Runners and taste them in Eden Runners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it, in, in Penrith, you see a lot of people running now who aren't members of the club. That's but at right. one time, that yeah. would have been unheard of. Yeah, well, you've yeah. got you've got to try the club, club as well. Yeah, the club need to be approaching these runners in Penrith on the streets, <laughs> inviting them to come along. I have done it once or twice in the past. Uh, with <laughs> has to, to be it. It has results. to be mixed results. <laughs> you give us an idea of one end of the spectrum of the. Unfortunately, behind the bus stop at B and Q, not the best place. <laughs> Say there's been sort of most negative response, sort of just sort of disbelief. I would say, really, as much as anything, <laughs> somebody would jump somebody would me. would just approach somebody on the street and say, "What instead of doing that, why don't you come to Eden Runners?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I admit that. the person I said that to was throwing bricks through the corner <laughs> <laughs> at that time. Right, okay, I think we'll bring it to a close on that and we'll look forward to Andy's uh, open discussion uh, committee meeting at the rugby club. Okay, we'll now move on to a section which our newer listeners will may not be aware of. Uh, all the listeners uh, will realise what this is all about. It's our gripes section, uh, where we get things off our chest. Now, starting off with uh, Andy, uh, do you want to kick off with a gripe? I can't, we go and take this in turn. We'll take it in several. turn. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Right, I'll, I'll start off with just a list and then I'll tell you why these are gripes. Dermot O'Leary. <laughs> Tess Daly. <laughs> Claudia Winkleman. Vernon Kay. These people are all, all not related, but of the same... Davina McCall. <laughs> These people are all what you would nowadays describe as celebrities, but they're what I would describe as presenters. <laughs> now, now, presenters present, in, in the old days, presenters presented the people with the talent that the audience had actually come to see to the audience. 
the jugglers, the conjurers, the singers, the dancers, the yodlers, whatever, uh, the magicians, they presented these people to the audience. They presented the people who were the stars with the talent, the celebrities. When, at what point, did these talentless... Uh, I'm going to start swearing in a minute, so I'm going to be very careful. These talentless people become celebrities. Because they're not. None of them. There's a lot more of them. I'm sorry I've highlighted these lots, but uh, it just bugs me that these people become celebrities. The talentless... People. Dermatology. I mean, he's got a there's a CD advertised on the television. This is what started me off. Dermatology's CD, and it's people off his radio show who's singing other people's songs. And there's a picture of him there, the pompous, arrogant, smart ass. This was, an, this was an advert. An advert for his you CD. Don't expect to see Dermatologies, that. As if he's a singer. No. It's not. He's just put his name to it. You we'll don't be, expect to get adverts like that on Babe Station, do you? Andy? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, uh, red hot European. <laughs> What's going on? There's some I, real celebrities. I, I, I rest my case. <laughs> I can feel a lot of support in the room for that one. Yeah, there is, yeah. I can't stand him the way. No, I'd defeat him a call. No, my dad's got one of our workout DVDs. So she doesn't yeah. just do presenting, Andy. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, work out. Well, that's another plus. <laughs> yeah. Right, Alan, can we move on? To Mine's a bit less emotive, maybe, than that, but still as annoying. I was driving back down from uh, North today and I began yet again to curse the necessary existence of uh, overhead motorway signs <laughs> and, the th- and the stuff, the puerile stuff that they put on. Because it's there, they think we'll have to display something. So they'll say, the, the best one today they could come up with was all the way south, on my expensive thermometer, it said three degrees, four degrees, three at the lowest. Every overhead gantry I passed under said, cold temperatures, be aware. Now, <laughs> most people would know when they got in the car, or the fact, by the fact that it was February as well, it's absolutely freezing outside. You don't need to be told every 30 miles on the motorway as you're driving that it's a bit chilly. Well, not everybody in Scotland has, like, a dashboard with the no, thermometer on. That's not, quite useful. That, even before the days of the expensive <laughs> thermometer with wheels that you can sit in. Um, but what about wind socks on the side of the motorway? Hang on, that's a set. Are you hijacking my Well, I'm here? just saying that. If you're on the motorway, you see a wind sock. That's for wagons. So the nice wind is likely to blow them over. I don't. I've never seen windsocks anywhere except in Cumbria, on the motorway. That is, I've seen them at airports, obviously. But yeah, they're on the Cumbrian motorway, stretches of Cumbrian. So your gripe is that they just put rubbish up. Of course they do. They should use them for useful purposes. You know, they should say. If I was in charge of those, I'd be putting messages up like. You know what they should do? They should come up with you know. Um, get out the middle who, lane. You no, no. They should. They should yeah. come. Up, they should come up with should it, who. What was the score of the 1954 World Cup final? And the next one. And the next one, 10 miles down the road, really? they'll say 3 2 to West Germany <laughs> against Hungary. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's like entertainment, isn't it? Well, it is. It, it is and it's really useful information. Mm-hmm. It is. And it'd be more useful than telling you it was slightly chilly outside. Well, you can't, you're not going to ask that question in the quiz, are you? Well, probably not. What was, was the temperature on the stretch <laughs> of the year 7 or something? Yeah. As a little aside to that, 
uh, in Scotland they must have a particular thing about those things because when I used to go up to Glasgow regularly at one stage there would always be uh, on the overhead signs there'd be a, a, a little notice to say if you have any suggestions what to put on these signs <laughs> really? telephone blah 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 and let us know is that real? yeah I wish I'd seen that because yeah. I would have a few suggestions yeah it's got very much a Scottish flavour see this. I think yeah. they could I think they could profitably they could sell the space on those when they're not needed for proper yeah. safety announcements or whatever notice of road closures I understand all that nonsense but they could sell the space on there couldn't they could people could say well can you wish happy birthday to John or whatever it might be put it up there or a sort of, or a message directly at a particular person could be an insult. But if they paid the money, it could be displayed on there at regular intervals. Well, you are then you are then encouraging people to dismiss the advice that I saw once on one, which said, "Keep your eyes on the road ahead." <laughs> don't read this. Don't read this notice. If you're reading this, you're not doing what it's advised you to do. Well, it's ridiculous, though. You know, they'll they'll say things like, "Don't drink and drive." Yeah, it's like public service, public safety announcements. Yeah. And when you see a sign like that, I mean, where do you put the bottle of full strength lager? Exactly. That exactly. Well, that's where you have those cup holders. <laughs> <laughs> the bottle holders, like cup holders. <laughs> right, okay. Uh, my gripe, um, it's a bit of an old gripe with these two, but it's uh, new to use a lot. I was at a checkout the other day in, um, in Aldi. <laughs> Uh, I don't mind mentioning her name, a good store, I go there, good value, especially on the tins. So you can beat the value on the tins, actually. Uh, and they sell copper hoop, very reasonably priced, although other supermarkets do sell reasonably priced beer as well. Did you buy salmon there? Can you buy salmon? Do you buy salmon there? No, I don't. Only we like tinned salmon. You can so buy good. salmon there. I'm not I'm asking Dave if he buys Aldi salmon. Well, the tins are just fresh. Oh, f- 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 fresh Yeah, freshish. No, it's all do you provide it? Mm. Oh, anyway, right. I'm not here to sell some. Anyway, so I was at the <laughs> checkout and there was uh, there was a big mass of queues, about seven or eight people in the queue. I was fortunate enough to be in second position with a hefty shop. There was a guy in front of me had about had about uh, five items. Uh, crusty old looking bloke he was, and uh, this lady who had you know one item she wanted to buy. She was uh, standing behind me. She, she walked, she walked past me, and spoke to the crusty old bloke in front. And said, "Do you mind if I go in front of you? Because uh, I've only got one item." And he said, "Yeah, that's fine." Why didn't she ask me? She walked past me. She should have asked me as well as the guy in front. I just thought that was outrageous. Totally impolite. Outrageous. And the guy who was doing the checkout was all of a second. You haven't asked everybody in that queue. Where's the queue etiquette gone? Please tell me. Anybody out there, let me know. I think it's the bloke operating the checkout who should have taken control of that situation on your behalf. That's unprecedented. I've never known anybody. I've known people second in the queue saying, look, can I go in front of you at the first one? I'd let people go past all the time. I've never known people go further down the queue and just go straight to the front of the queue and say, look, can I go first? I've only got one item. That's that's Q hopping, yeah, shocking. Without permission, so that's my gripe. Uh, Andy, have you got any more gripes? Yes, I've got, I've right, got okay. a couple of gripes. So, I two other things that annoy me are fascists and racists. 
Well, I think I'll just leave that there because I'll start to sound like a fascist if I get any obvious about that. And the other thing that particularly annoys me... Any particular type of fascist? No, just the usual sort of fascists. (laughs) The other thing that's really sort of come to the forefront the last couple of weeks for me um, is the sin of deceit. I've been... been, Oh, looking a bit guilty here. I've been a little bit let down. Recently, I'm, I'm not going to mention any names. I don't think it's fair to point the finger at anybody, uh, and I don't want my wife to feel any worse than she already does. <laughs> but I think deceit's a terrible thing, um, and and it's really rocked my world. Deceit. It's 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 all been involved. Uh, a dog being sick in the back of our car, <laughs> and me not being told about it. <laughs> And, you know, when you think the relationship's founded on solid ground and then you find it's the shifting sands of deceit. <laughs> we should have some melancholic <laughs> music. <laughs> where where, where <laughs> do you stand? <laughs> uh, I'll say no more. I think I've already said too much. I really wanted to play that a little bit close to my chest. And my final gripe is flapjack again. <laughs> What's that all about? We're giving people a free piece at Horswater. <laughs> Why bother? That's good. Well, emotive stuff, aren't you? Yeah, yeah serious yeah. stuff. That's a good point. We've gone from fascism to flapjack in about a minute and a half. <laughs> All equally important, in my view. <laughs> Sorry, the, do- the my dog's just outside. And, uh, <laughs> I think he's on the end of a lead. Yes. He doesn't want to. I think he's looking he? for a bowl of fruit. He wants to come in. Yeah, that's <laughs> what he's. He's looking for a bowl of fruit. <laughs> well, he's trying to tunnel. <laughs> well, listen, as he tried to tunnel his way in through the door. This dog, for anybody who's interested, uh, probably not many of you are. <laughs> but this dog's been unwell, but it's doing a bit of serious tail wagging out there, which tends to suggest it's well on the mend. Which is yes. good. And don't get me on the vet's bills. <laughs> and, and, uh, and we're not going to talk about the vet's bills. That could be a gripe for another time. Okay, well, I think some uh, reasonable gripes there. Don't anybody could disagree with any of them. Uh, right, okay, well I hope you've enjoyed podcast number 17, it just leaves it for me to say thank you to my co-presenters, uh, Alan Marshall. Thanks very much, is it over already? <laughs> and Andy, Andy Sharples. Thanks very much and I'm looking forward to the next one in 2015. <laughs> 2015. And for me, Dave Peacock. Mm-hmm.